Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Do not adjust your screens. We have three guys on the show today. And uh, Blake Tollison with us as always. And our special guest today, Joel Nelson. How are we doing, fellas? Doing great. Good. Good. We're ready to talk some fishing. And uh, I don't know. It's like the winter just doesn't want to give up. Uh, I do see the sun shining today, which is which is nice and it's welcome. But uh, there are some lakes that are starting to open up. And uh, spring crappie fishing, to me, is kind of one of my favorites because the lakes are at this point you don't have all the the kind of pleasure boat traffic you don't have the guys that are hardcore chasing walleyes you kind of got the lake to yourself it's a good time uh joel you just dropped a blog up over on the markham blog talking about spring crappie fishing tell us a little bit about what makes this time of year special for you you know it's uh, it's just like you said you, you typically have the ramp to yourself it's not the kind of thing where uh, there's no one on the lake but for the most part there's a lot less competition and as the warming you know weather trend continues fish react somewhat predictably pushing towards shallower and shallower water and you can always just kind of start in their in their winter haunts and push towards kind of the closest flat or spawning shoreline look for some warm water it's uh it's it's a great thing to do because typically uh, you know as the water warms these fish aren't too terrible hard to find you can enjoy some success bend some rods and just kind of whet the appetite for the rest of the open water season all right uh, you talked about finding them you gave us a few clues but how do you go about finding the fish this time of year you know electronics are key as always uh, you, know, you wouldn't think about tackling those same crappies in the winter without a flasher and you know over deep waters they can be at least this time of year real early um, it's really just simple to use your down sonar obviously your side imaging is going to be important and then as you push shallower and shallower, side imaging uh, becomes even more important. So it's one of those things where electronics really is, I think, kind of the key to the game. You can fan cast, but the issue with fan casting too much during this time of year is in colder water temps. Those fish aren't as active, so it's not going to be as successful a technique as it would be later in the summer. So uh, I find it uh, you're going to have to slow things down a little bit to get bit. And you're gonna have to slow things down just to find them so you might as well use the electronics uh, to the best of your ability blake what do you got for joel yeah i mean it seems like he's he's kind of got it all figured out so earlier in this you know this time period i guess what are you using to target crappies like first at ice out here i mean yeah you know so i kind of alternate if it's real early like now and the water temps are really low it's a lot of vertical jigging presentations over some of those deep fish in fact you can <laughs> drop your markham over the edge use the flasher and literally just jig like you would be ice fishing close to the transducer uh fish can be as deep as 20 30 feet of water uh, or deeper but suspended up from that and then as we get closer and closer towards the spawn uh, it's a lot more bobbers it's more stationary techniques it's pitching away from the boat especially in clear water and your, your standard staple of jigs work just fine earlier i like to use more bait and i like to use more ice jigs so your tungstens your uh, tiny ice flies tipped with a little maggot or waxy works great earlier as it gets warmer and warmer 
eventually progress towards minnows and then work your way out of live bait altogether and can just use microplastics on smaller jig heads. So it, it kind of follows the progression of the seasons, but either way, you're starting out slow. Yeah, one of my favorite fishing memories, I was probably in my late teens out on a piece of water over on that north shore of a lake where the sun had been beaten, and I was just throwing spinners in there, and the crappies were just destroying them. And uh, when you get into that aggressive bite, it can get really fun. Yeah, it certainly can. Yeah, you're going to see that happen too. It's just going to be a little bit later. Once we get into May, you know, that those fish are shallow. And a lot of times they're not even spawning yet, but all the bait in the systems up there doing just like you talked about, Chris, they're basking in that, in that warmer water. And so you can target those fish once they're chasing bait a little more aggressively. Hey, I agree. Those can be some of the fastest days of fishing you'll, you'll see all year. Well, we've been talking about all the good things that can happen. How about some challenges? What are the challenges that people are going to face if they're going to try to go drop the boat in right now and go chase these spring crappies? You know, a lot of it's gear related. Uh, I think we kind of take for granted that uh, our things will be exactly as we left them, uh, that our line will still be as good as it was the last time we spooled it up, which is always longer in the further in the rear view than we, than we give it credit for. So, uh, taking out your, your rod and reel setups, respooling new line, um, backing your boat in the water and just doing some basic run idle type stuff before you just dump it off the trailer and tear across the lake. It's always a great idea, especially if you have an older boat. So I think getting the gear and equipment thing, kind of those kinks out of the equation at the outset is one of the primary challenges you're gonna face anytime you're fishing spring weather, whether it's crappies, walleyes, whatever. Yeah, it's the uh, bring out another thousand season right now, April through May. <laughs> uh, that's funny. T tough to get out there and make sure that everything's going. I know that's uh, that's always something that in my head every every spring it's like, all right, what are we going to be fixing this year? <laughs> yep. So, well, Joel, I uh, appreciate you coming on and, and talking a little crappie fishing with us. To me, it, again, it's it's a really fun time of year. It's a time of year where you got to bring your coat and everything out there with you when you're going to do some fishing, but uh, it is a good time to get out there and get on those those spring crappies. What else do you got going on this year? Tell us a little bit about kind of some things that you're looking forward to as the season progresses. Yeah, I've got a couple of promotional things here at the outset. I'll be down at Shields and Mankato doing their Fish Fest um, kind of early May and then also talking to the Twin Cities uh, Walleye Club. And I do some of those things early and it's kind of fun to chat fishing at the outset, but then, hey, once opener hits, um, you know, it's kind of the steady march towards a lot more open water fishing. And there's going to be some great bites upcoming on the river, uh, specifically Pepin. I'll end up fishing quite a bit. There's usually a good trolling bite out there that develops as we get into June. Um, I'm going to spend a lot more time on some smaller local lakes, too. Um, I think maybe that kind of COVID-inspired uh, fishing deal um, I, you know, I, I see more and more people spreading out their deal rather than just fishing and fishing and fishing like they were during COVID. So I'm hoping some of the pressure on local lakes will subside, especially some of the smaller ones and, uh, try and get back in there and uh, not give up too many secrets along the way. <laughs> All right, Joel Nelson. Uh, you can find more about him on uh, his website at joelnelsonoutdoors.com. Thanks so much for joining us and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks for the time. See you guys. All right, that was that was Joel Blake. We just talked about open water fishing and going and chasing these crappies, but 
what is going on? It's it's like no <laughs> winter time. We may it have is. ice on a lot of these lakes when the, when the opener rolls around. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you know the southern half of Wisconsin, southern half of Minnesota, you know, they're wide open or getting close to it. But everything I'm seeing from from the northern half, there's still a lot of ice up there. I've heard you know twenty something inches in a lot of these places. You know, fishing opener is only a few weeks away. Who knows if uh, if those will be free and clear ice by that point in time? Yeah, the the lakes around me uh, are are really kind of opening up at this point, and you're not even seeing the the big icebergs out in the middle anymore. But uh, they are. You don't have to go too far north to find a lot of ice. I saw some reports and a few videos. There's a there's a Facebook person who's just going around filming lakes right now. It's it's interesting. Uh, they're just putting a, a drone up in the air and checking things out. I think it's like two one eight. Uh, productions or something like that on Facebook is putting all these videos up uh, with with a the drone. They're actually really really cool videos showing yeah, the different sure. lake coverage and uh, a lot of these lakes up north you're starting to see that ice go away along shore, but there's still a lot of it out in the middle. I uh, just saw somebody uh, resort on Facebook just said, uh, "Come on up for an ice fishing trip in June." And then uh, the meme that's going around right now <laughs> says, uh, "You know, it looks like it's the DNR putting this message out." This is a uh, this year, all fish houses need to be off the lake by July 3rd, so the fireworks can be viewed. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, like I said, it just doesn't seem like there's an end in sight for ice fishing this year. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time we've, we've seen ice on opener, but for people that want to get their boats out, it's not, not a good sign. Um, like I said, a lot of that stuff in northern Minnesota, there's 20-plus inches of ice. I, who knows? All, right. all we can do is wait and see. Well, it definitely seems like things are starting to warm up. Uh, I see that the the weather here in the next week is is going to be a big change from what we've been witnessing over the last few weeks. And uh, right once it starts warming up and you get some rain in the system, then all of a sudden things can change pretty quick. What are you up to for opener, Blake? What are you going to be doing? Um. Well, so I typically fish both Wisconsin and Minnesota openers. Wisconsin, usually something close to home. Um, just I like the tradition of it, and over here we can fish for trout and bass and panfish all ahead of the season, so nothing really changes. It's just kind of the the tradition of it, uh, and then I always meet up with my dad in Minnesota, and typically we go to Winnipegosh for opener over there. So, but like I said, they're they still got over twenty inches of ice. They're still taking four wheelers and ATVs out uh, on the ice, so who knows if that'll happen? I guess. Yeah, strange, strange, uh, strange times. Let's move on. Uh, we got another topic here: Upper Red Lake and uh, walleye limits up there. Uh, you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about Malax and everything that's going on there, and it's it's kind of just a just an interesting deal. You know, uh, Steve from Johnson's Port side, he's always got opinions, and uh, I've been watching some of the stuff he's been doing, and of course, he's obviously not real happy about what's going on up on Malax, but right. uh, on Upper Red. They said uh, with the way that the winter shook out this year, there wasn't as much pressure on the lake, and uh, they've increased the limits up there. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be four fish this year, one over 20. So, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty awesome limit there. I mean, four fish in that size class, that's, that's a few meals right there. So that's super exciting for those anglers that will be fishing on Red Lake this year. Um, I was surprised that... You know, they, they mentioned the pressure being down, and I guess it makes sense with all the snow they had up there, but it's just hard to think that 
the pressure being down in Red Lake, it's just, and you think of that as like the destination for people to go and catch a bunch of walleyes. So I thought that was interesting to hear that pressure overall was down. Yeah, well, especially, you know, that kind of late November into early December party that's up there. You know, it's one of the biggest right. cities in Minnesota is, is Red Lake at that time. So, yeah, it's, it it's super, super interesting to hear that pressure was down. Uh, I guess the fall netting surveys were were really good, too. So, uh, yeah. you know, they kind of said that that it was due to, to all the snow that we got late in the season, that there was just no pressure late in the year up there. But, uh, you know, it seems to me, and I'm not going to sit here and argue with, with the people who are making these decisions on this because they know certainly know more about Red Lake than I do, but it seems to me that most of the pressure on that lake occurs in November and December anyway. That's where yeah. at least, you know, the harvest is anyway. I think uh, guys are still out there fishing it, but uh, it definitely slows down as the season progresses. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in the summertime, May and June, there's a decent amount of pressure, but then it seems like just like a lot of places, it, it dies down as you, you get later in the summer too. Yeah. And one of the things that, that we heard when they were debating um, about bringing the walleye limit statewide down is that, you know, changing it from three to four probably doesn't make as much of an impact as you might think, because the reality is most people are not going to go out and catch their limit when it comes to walleyes anyway. Um, right. Maybe the thing that, that changes things uh, the most is that they're going to go with that 20 inch max where in the past it's been 17. So, you know, you catch yeah. that 18, 19 inch fish that may have gone back into the lake. And now that one probably will go into live well for a lot of guys. And mm -hmm. to me, I, you know, again, not a biologist, but it seems to me that I, I, I would like to see some of them smaller fish put in the, put in the basket and that, you know, 18, 19, 20 inch fish that is a really good breeder left in the lake. Um, you know, I just, it, that that's one thing that, that I always struggle with is sometimes the size limits. I would, I would prefer to see that slot because, you know, you put a, a 19 inch walleye in the live well, you know, it, it, you're not going to get that much more meat on it than you're going to get out of a 17 inch walleye. And you're certainly not going to put a 19 inch walleye on the wall. So to me, it's like, I like that you can keep some of those really big fish. If, if a guy wanted to put it on the wall. And again, these days with the, with the great work they do in taxidermy, you don't even need to do that anymore. But if you wanted to, you can. And yeah. some of the smaller fish that are common in the lake, let's keep those. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I am totally with you on that one. So anyway, if you're going to go to Upper Red this year, you get one more fish. <laughs> I think one of the things, the topic that we're going to talk about this week, which I, I think is probably most important, though, is uh, getting young anglers started in fishing and uh, Arkansas Game and Fish put out something this week on it, and I love the stuff. And it was an article that, uh, and a story that you kind of picked out this year, this week. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I thought it was just a, you know, some great tips and tricks to, you know, get kids out fishing, keep them interested, you know, make sure they have a good time. Cause really, that's the most important thing. Like, you can take a kid fishing, but you can easily ruin that experience by, you know, going out for a full day and, going to a place where it's hard to catch fish like you know i don't know i wouldn't take a little kid musky fishing unless they, they were super passionate i mean that's when you go and you lean on your bluegills your crappies your perch like go somewhere where you know you're going to catch a bunch of fish um 
something to actually keep him interested. Like all the kids that I've brought fishing throughout the years, it seems like, like, let's go catch some bluegills. Let's go catch some crappies. And then they want to keep coming back. It's those times where you go somewhere and you don't catch anything. Well, they're like, well, this isn't fun. Why would I want to go fishing? Uh, I've seen it with, with plenty of kids I know where they go with their parents and they don't catch anything. Well, <laughs> they don't really have an interest in going back again. So it's just important to, you know, make sure you think about where you're going, um, what you're using, I guess, keep it fun. Make sure it's something that they can use. Like the kids never used a, a rod or reel before. You probably don't want to give them a spinning reel or a bait casting reel. Like get your, get them like a, you know, your typical spin casting reel, like the, the Zebco 33, like we all started with something that they can actually use, you know, um, beyond that, make sure it's comfortable. Uh, don't take them out when it's, you know, blowing 30, find a nice sunny day, you know, when you can get them out there and they can have fun and maybe you can go swimming at the same time, you know, something to just keep it enjoyable. I mean, Chris, you have kids, young kids, like what did, I guess, what did you do to, to kind of keep them interested in fishing? Yeah, you, you have a young child as well, but I don't think you've yeah. gone fishing yet, but uh, yeah, my kids have gone through all of this kind of introduction to fishing thing already. Um, one of the things that I'll tell you is when you take kids fishing, at least my kids, they both really wanted to keep the fish. So you better plan on cleaning fish when you're taking kids fishing. <laughs> my kids love to eat it and, and they, you know, they want to keep it. So when they catch something, if it goes back in the lake, it's almost like they're a little disappointed. Like, oh, you know, that fish wasn't good enough to keep. So, uh, yep. you know, if and sometimes you'll end up cleaning fish that maybe you wouldn't typically clean, but it's it's all good and it's something uh to to kind of keep them involved and then of course they're they're excited to eat the fish and now speaking of eating that would be the other thing i would highly recommend is uh bring along the snacks that you want them to eat if you're afraid that uh, get some cheeto puff dust in your boat don't bring cheeto puffs you know bring stuff that <laughs> if they can grab it out of the cooler or out of a, a out of a bag you're comfortable with them eating in your boat so that you're not getting upset with them and that's the other thing uh Pack plenty of patience because this trip is not going to be, you know, your typical, like if you and I were going to go fishing, that's not what this is going to be. This is going to be, right. you're going to be focused on the kids and you may not catch, you know, you're not probably not going to catch as many fish as you would if you were just going to go out to catch these fish. And, uh, you know, you're probably going to have tangled lines. You're going to have hooks going into seat cushions and all that kind of stuff and just, just be prepared, and I think uh, if we go into it thinking this is going to be a complete disaster, when it's only a partial disaster, uh, we'll be we'll be pretty good. Um, <laughs> the other thing I would say is is just bring something for fun because even if the fishing is good, a lot of times you'll bring kids out and they'll be all about it for a half hour, and then they're like, "All right, let's let's do something else," you know. So. Um, I like to take them out in the summertime and we'll fish for 45 minutes or an hour or as long as they want to fish. And then we're going to pull up and we're going to do some swimming for a little bit. You know, so yep. that's always a, a good thing in the summertime. You know, and that's the great thing about ice fishing, too, is, you know, you take kids out ice fishing and they can fish as long as they want. And then when they're kind of want to go run around, hey, you got the whole lake, baby. Go, yep. go ahead and run around, <laughs> you know. So it, it just that sets up very well for kids is uh, is ice fishing. And I would just say uh, if you're not in a boat, make sure you have a chair, whether it's shore fishing or ice fishing, whatever it is you're doing, just so they can yep. sit down and relax. Because 
I don't know. They they like to talk about how tired they are. (laughs) (laughs) That's those are that's my advice, and that's uh, advice that comes from a lot of experience of taking my kids out and taking neighbor kids and those kind of things. Yep, that's good. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.